Alive. Still alive. Alive. Again. Awakening was hard, as always. The ultimate disappointment. It was a struggle to take in enough air to drive off nightmare sensations of asphyxiation. Lilith Yapo lay gasping, shaking with the force of her effort. Her heart beat too fast, too loud. She curled around it, fetal, helpless. Circulation began to return to her arms and legs in flurries of minute, exquisite pains. When her body calmed and became reconciled to reanimation, she looked around. The room seemed dimly lit, though she had never awakened to dimness before. She corrected her thinking. The room did not only seem dim, it was dim. At an earlier awakening, she had decided that reality was whatever happened, whatever she perceived. It had occurred to her, how many times, that she might be insane or drugged, physically ill or injured. None of that mattered. It could not matter while she was confined this way, kept helpless, alone, and ignorant. She sat up, swayed dizzily, then turned to look at the rest of the room. The walls were light-colored, white or gray, perhaps. The bed was what it had always been, a solid platform that gave slightly to the touch and that seemed to grow from the floor. There was, across the room, a doorway that probably led to a bathroom, she was usually given a bathroom. Twice, she had not been, and in her windowless, doorless cubicle, she had been forced simply to choose a corner. She went to the doorway, peered through the uniform dimness, and satisfied herself that she did indeed have a bathroom. This one had not only a toilet and a sink, but a shower. Luxury. What else did she have? Very little. There was another platform, perhaps a foot higher than the bed, it could have been used as a table, though there was no chair, and there were things on it. She saw the food first. It was the usual lumpy cereal or stew of no recognizable flavor, contained in an edible bowl that would disintegrate if she emptied it and did not eat it. And there was something beside the bowl. Unable to see it clearly, she touched it. Cloth, a folded mound of clothing. She snatched it up, dropped it in her eagerness, picked it up again and began putting it on. A light-colored, thigh-length jacket and a pair of long, loose pants, both made of some cool, exquisitely soft material that made her think of silk, though for no reason she could have stated, she did not think this was silk. The jacket adhered to itself and stayed closed when she closed it, but opened readily enough when she pulled the two front panels apart. The way they came apart reminded her of Velcro, though there was none to be seen. The pants closed in the same way. She had not been allowed clothing from her first awakening until now. She had pleaded for it, but her captors had ignored her. Dressed now, she felt more secure than she had at any other time in her captivity. It was a false security, she knew, but she had learned to savor any pleasure, any supplement to her self-esteem that she could glean. Opening and closing her jacket, her hand touched the long scar across her abdomen, she had acquired it somehow between her second and third awakenings, had examined it fearfully, wondering what had been done to her. What had she lost or gained, and why? And what else might be done? She did not own herself any longer. Even her flesh could be cut and stitched without her consent or knowledge. 
It enraged her during later awakenings that there had been moments when she actually felt grateful to her mutilators for letting her sleep through whatever they had done to her and for doing it well enough to spare her pain or disability later.